Welcome to episode 147 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play Into the Breach. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first <laughs> friend, <laughs> you know him, you love him. His name is Mike Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a very good game. And here to talk about a very good game with us, his 17th time oh on God. this podcast. He needs no introduction. <laughs> Travis Colnett. Hello. Uh, I hear you like Into the Breach. Oh my God. Like, you have no idea. I don't know how much I'm going to well, talk on this one, but good grief. Well, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts on it because oh I feel like I've dipped my toe in a game that you can, you know, swim deeply in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I want to hear the perspective of someone who not only like <laughs> deeply loves this game, but has spent probably way more time than they want to admit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We're talking about Into the Breach, uh, developed and published by Subset Games. It's literally on everything. Switch, Linux, Mac OS, Windows, Google Stadia, and Mac OS Classic. If it, if it has uh, a processor, you can play it. Except on Xbox and PS4, PS5, weirdly enough, anyway. Right. Uh, released on February 27, 2018. We start with the fast pitch, which is a one-sentence pitch about this video game. I gave you mine earlier, so I'm going to say it again for the folks listening. Uh, what if Independence Day, but chess, Ooh. Into the Breach. Wow. Interesting. Thank you. For once, I'm prepared. Yeah, that's a good one. I will go next. Who's next? I will go next, and I will say it's chess if you could swap out your piece at any moment in time, which is not succinct, okay. but it, it is how I feel about this game. Travis, as our uh, resident Into the Breach expert, uh, please. Literally, I whenever I think of this game, I'm just like, there's so many T's that come to mind because it's Travis's top game, right? But also, it's just Ooh. terrific turn-based time travel tactics. It's wow. just so beautiful. Wow. I love it. Well done. I'm so excited to talk about this game. Uh, before I ask you about your experience with tactics games, Travis, because I think you have a lot, mm. uh, just some games that were released around this game just to get you in the mood of 2018. Uh, Moss, the PSVR game, came out in the same month. Metal Gear Survive, which was the not good survival action game from Konami. Is, is that the uh, one where you could uh, shoot the enemy and have them ze- zeppeloned back to your base or whatever? Is that the one? That is both MGS5 and Metal Gear gotcha. Survive. Uh, Metal Gear Survive is just like a game that was made without Kojima and uh, was a survival game instead of a stealth Gotcha. Game. Is that the one that doesn't have the smoking monkey? And a vampire. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. You got it. You got it. That's how I, it's that's the how I segment the, the Metal Gear games in my head. Is there a smoking monkey? Is there a ninja with a blade? Is there a vampire? Oh, uh, is there a poop joke? Is there, is there an arm that uh, controls a human spoilers, being? Spoilers. Spoilers. All the spoilers. Uh, you, here's the thing. you can hunter. hear all of that and still not know any of yeah, the craziness <laughs> that exists in those games. Right? 
Like you could go yeah. in knowing that there's a vampire and a monkey that wears a diaper and still have no idea what happens in nothing. any of those games. <laughs> yeah. You could beat those games and still have no idea what goes on in them. So just, you know, setting the table a bit. How about an old man that dies during a boss battle? That's Metal Gear. Press F to pay respects. <laughs> um, Travis, tell us about your experience with tactics games before we talk about Metal Gear Solid in a podcast not about Metal Gear. I, I, I've always loved tactics games. They're 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 pretty much puzzle games to me, right? Like you're just solving yep. a puzzle, right? Um, I grew up being obsessed with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Um, I think it's like for Game Boy Advance. And I played it on my SP, I think, forever. It was just something that I just constantly just put so much time and energy and effort and just so much into that game. Uh, and then, like, it's just always been one of those things that I can easily just pick up, put down, pick up, put down. Uh, because I think it's the easiness of being able to just, you know, oh, it's my turn. I can just set this aside. There's no time limit. Mm-hmm. There's no pressing. Like, it's just, I can sit here and just think about stuff. And it, it just, I can shut my brain off. And this is just my my nice little puzzle game. And so, I've played a lot of them. Uh, I, yeah, there's a good handful of, of these games that I, I've played. And I didn't realize that I enjoyed them as much as I did until Into the Breach came out. And I was like, oh, this is, like, perfection. And I, I've become obsessed. And I can, I th- yeah. I think you've actually recommended Tactics Advance to me. Multiple times. I have to say, it. Jacob, please you, figure you out a way. You want my little cartridge? You can borrow it. <laughs> I mean, I already have Metroid Dread of yours yeah, that I haven't started that's yet. That's true. So. Um, Mike, tactics games. You play? Yeah. I mean, like, I've I've played a bunch on the PlayStation. I've played... Uh, like what? I don't know. But tactics I, Ogre? Uh, oh, my God. That does Disgaea? Not, dis, yeah, I think Disgaea. Like, that's a, that's a childhood thing, right? Like... I, I would yeah. go to a blockbuster and I would grab a new game every week off the shelf and I'd give myself one week to complete it. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I didn't, then, hey, that game was never getting finished because it was time <laughs> to move on to the next thing. So I just I just know if those games existed, I played them at least for a week straight. And in many cases, I completed them. Um, played the Advance Wars games, which mm-hmm. feels like tactic games. Yeah. Uh, yep. Love the XCOM games. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Mario versus Rabbids. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. You know, all of those. So, you know, like the genre, like playing it. Although I feel like this is, I feel like we all alluded to this. It feels way more chess yeah. than, than a typical tactics game. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of other tactics games, typically, you don't feel this, don't feel this puzzly, I think. Like, I'm right now, I'm also playing Triangle Strategy, and that's... It's it's like a puzzle, but it's not it's not the same. It, this is much more puzzly, and they're pieces that you're moving around. So there's a different flavor to this. And yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get into it later. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like, and not to. I'm going to say something very quickly. And if you guys want to jump on, please. I think it's because like it's far few pe- fewer pieces, and the levels are way shorter than like a Fire Emblem or an Advance Wars, mm-hmm. and that's probably what makes it feel more chessy. You can get through a level in like three minutes oh, yeah. if you're. If you're playing it totally well, there's yeah. not a lot of turns. No, it's it's no. beautiful. It's so quick. Mm-hmm. And for someone with a newborn, I'm sure it's <laughs> that's exactly game. it. It's perfect for something like that, where you can just like pick it up, put it down, and like when I pick it back up again, even if something happened and it wasn't my turn, I can see what's gonna happen. And then it's just so fast. It's just so easy to pick up and put down. It's it's perfect for the switch. Like so, yeah. So I feel like 
obviously you're a new dad. I don't mm-hmm. know if we established that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and clearly this is a perfect game for, for new fathers. Yes. Um, did you play this well before uh, you became a father? Is this is this a game you've been playing for a long time? Yeah. So I, so I don't even remember how I heard about it because I must have seen some. Was it a podcast? Was it Waypoint? It might. You know what? It might have been Waypoint because I think Danielle Riendo loved this game, and I was like, "This is oh a tactics game," and I kind of just listened a few times and I I looked into it, and this was the game that made me get a Steam account because I had a garbage computer. Oh, I I was like, I can't play anything on this computer, and I'm like, I've got to like it was only out on like uh, on PC at the time when it originally came out, and I ended up getting a Steam account buying this game and hoping that it was going to work. I think I remember even being like telling Katie, uh, the other ho- uh, host of the show, I was like, can my laptop play this? Because <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I put... You have a junk. Yeah. Or had a junk. I had a really bad... Yeah, it was a junk. It was a piece of junk. And I... Uh, so yeah, I ended up doing that and uh, I played it. I think on Steam, I played it for... Do I tell you how much I played it for already? Yes, please. On Steam, I played it for about 50 hours. Um, okay. But then, so when, so I played it at launch. I loved it. I got obsessed with it. Um, and then uh, when it came out on Switch, I was like, I'm going to buy this game again. And I don't use, I don't usually do that. I don't pull a Jacob and buy it on multiple platforms. <laughs> and, <you> know. <laughs> I love that we've short farmed that. You have to be proud of me, though, because uh, we're playing Mutazione on the show, like, in the near future, and I checked every single platform that I own, including every PC game that I get free games on, and I didn't own it, so I didn't buy it. I'm proud of you. Oh, my God. I'm proud of you. We call that growth where I'm (laughs) from. That is. You know, uh, just a quick aside, Jacob, to to help with that problem, you should get GOG Galaxy, uh, which is what I've I've used. And it's great. It just it tells you, do you have it on Game Pass? Is it in your Xbox library? Is it on Steam? Or is it in your Epic Game Store? Or is it on your GOG library? Or is it in Itch.io? It it quite literally pulls everything in together. It's it's fantastic. It calls Itch as well? I'm pretty wow. sure, because I've got a bunch of games on Itch. And uh, and yeah, it, it's definitely surfaced some of those. I don't know if I added those manually or what. But yes, very good. Should help with your Jacobitis. <laughs> downloading right now uh, uh we got distracted just, just quick uh 50 hours oh no yeah so yeah then when it came out on switch and i think it's funny i think we were like i think i was on my honeymoon and i like there was a nintendo direct on i was watching on the plane on the way home or something and i legit got so excited it was at, it was announced at the end of like an indie nintendo direct that it was coming to switch that day and i'm like oh this is perfect because and i went home immediately after my honeymoon and downloaded it <laughs> for my switch and it, it was perfect because and, and then i played it a bunch more and then when you asked me if i wanted to be on this episode I once again played it a bunch more and I just, it just never ends. I get very obsessed with this game and I just, I can just do one more, one more little area, one more <laughs> map, one more island, one, you know, and I just, oh, okay, I can just do this next achievement with this squad and I just keep going. And it, so I think collectively I've put in about 145 hours. Wow. Across both of that's them. A, that's a good amount of time. Yeah. Cool. Especially for a game that can be beaten in like, I don't know. 20 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah so it's just something that i just keep playing i don't know yeah i go back to it every so often uh 
Jacob, do you remember any of the marketing of this game when it came out? Uh, no. I, I just I think it's it's worthwhile to say that this is a uh, I guess another game from the team that put together FTL. We played on the podcast, and um, it 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 had that pedigree to it. So I don't really know if it needed like memorable marketing because it just was the next game from that team from subset. They've only put out two games before, so I think it just kind of rode those coattails. We played FTL on the show. We all loved it. And different game, same, same genre, I guess, but yes. entirely different game. Yeah, I I'm, I totally echo that. I don't remember any trailers or anything other than Into the Breach is the next game from the people who brought you FDL. You can get sucked into it in the exact same way. It feels mm-hmm. a lot like chess. That was the yep. that was the mental model that I had from all the conversations that I had heard when it came out. I heard that it was very good. I heard that it was very addictive. Um, and knowing how much time I had spent in FTL, I was like, okay, well, I don't have time for an addiction like this, so I will (laughs) leave this on my backlog. And I think by the time I was ready to play it, I lucked out and got it for free as part of the, uh, free game of the week from the Epic game store. Yeah. You're saying about the marketing. I looked up the, the launch trailer to see, I'm like, was it like, how would I have remembered hearing about this? And I looked up the launch trailer and I was like, well, this was fine. Like, it wasn't like, like, I don't think if I would have watched that trailer, I would have been like, this is the game for me. You know, I think it literally was just word of mouth. Probably hearing it on Waypoint Radio was a big thing. Uh, just hearing how much they liked it. And then uh, mm-hmm. it was just something that I just looked into. I never had really gotten into anything that hadn't really, I mean, I obviously didn't do any PC gaming, right? So it, it was something that I was like, I think this is worth me checking out. And yeah, it was for sure. I think for me it was like, you know, I probably had the same level of ex- exposure to tactics games as, as Mike. He named a lot of the ones that I love, Advanced Wars. Fire Emblem Three Houses is, is like probably a top 25 game for me of all time. Nice. Uh, I've wanted to play the Banner Saga ever since Mangle Wart has been talking about it in the Discord. Uh, and so I came to this game having loved FTL and loving like even XCOM 2, XCOM 1 I played on iPad. So I was like, okay, I played that on iPad, so I'm going to play this on, on Switch. And so I, I played it on Switch, and I think that if I if I think about, like, Travis has played it for, you know, 10, 15 times more than all of us put together. <laughs> um, I've maybe played it for eight hours. I played it two hours when it came out on Switch and kind of bounced off just because I'm like, you know when you, you play a game and you're like, I'm not in the headspace for this right now? And because we played the podcast or had it for the podcast, I was like, oh, great. It's going to be a great opportunity to come back. And I'm glad that I did. I probably played it for another, like, six to eight hours. And uh, really enjoyed it. Like played it on a plane for a, a certain amount of time, and Glorious. and I did beat it once. And I've tried multiple different mechs, but I think Travis is going to be the one to talk <laughs> about all the different mechs because yeah. there's a lot. There's of them. a lot. <laughs> Sweet, uh, Mike. Did you did you play it? You played it about as much as me, a little bit yeah, less, maybe. Probably pay, played about ten hours, fifteen nice. hours, somewhere okay. in there. Perfect. Um, I'm going to read off a couple reviews, and then we're going to just going to get right into it. Uh, Reviewed well, Game Informer gave it a 93 and said the result is a cleaner, tighter game than FTL and one that is more fun, strategically complex, and consistently rewarding. GameSpot gave it a 9 and said Into the Breach is a pristine and pragmatic tactical gem with dynamic conflicts that will inspire you to jump back in again and again and again. And Shaq News, I found a negative one. It was the only negative review. Gave it a 7 and said for the asking price, fourteen ninety nine, <laughs> Into the Breach is a pretty good buy if you're into strategy games. However, I don't think it'll convert anyone into falling in love with the genre. The gameplay is tight but not sophisticated enough to warrant more than a few playthroughs. Once you've unlocked most or all the squads and 
tried out different mechs, it loses its appeal and doesn't retain that survival against all odds feel that FTL has. I love that I a, necessarily... a seven out of ten is a negative one. You know, we really <laughs> That's are yeah. lowest with, you can go. Is a yeah, seven we're really 10. working with a four point review scale, a seven, <laughs> eight, nine, or a ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to dig the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Now yeah. it's a shallow barrel. Uh, Travis, do you agree that it's? I I I think there's a lot of replayability and here that's, well, and he says like yeah. try some of the different mechs and you you have to play a lot to get well them. that's the thing and i think you can i set myself my own goals right like i when you guys wanted me to play this again for the pod i was like well i might as well 100 percent my switch version like so wow i just like worked my way through all of the achievements and so it, like i've once you yeah i i can agree that once you've played the game you've gotten the sense of like how the game works and uh, you've beaten an island and you've played with a few of the different mechs, you may not find much replayability in that sense. But if you go with the achievements and you say, okay, well, I need to, you know, do... I have to have 12 tiles on fire with the burning mechs. Then that becomes Mm -hmm. your goal for that map. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. But you also have to then manage, you know, staying alive, keeping your mechs alive, not having the cities burned down, all these things. So you're trying to you throwing in other kind of things to make the puzzle more challenging right now that i've completed all of the achievements on <laughs> my switch copy like do i need to go back to it probably not but also like i haven't beaten it all on hard yet so would i go back and do all of that i've beaten it all on on normal but mm-hmm. uh you know to do but you just, I kind of set myself my own goals, right? You can do custom squads. You can do randomized squads. So that in itself presents different challenges too. So I can see where like the basic level of the game is maybe a bit like less sophisticated, but if you set yourself your own goals, it, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, let, let's set up those yeah. basics. I think it's fair to say that this game is a grid-based tactics yeah. game um, where you have a team of three mechs and you have to protect an island as well as um no it's really just defend the island and make your through your way through a set of levels um to, till you get to a final boss and prevent the swarm of aliens that yeah. are taking over from <laughs> taking over your planet mike yeah i'd say the the premise is that these aliens are invading they come up from the ground and each zone has its own environmental effect in some cases, the ground will fall out from underneath you. In others, you know, random splashes of molten lava will come and attack. <laughs> in others, uh, it will get frozen or 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 other otherwise. Um, but it all revolves around protecting the settlements that are there because that's the source of your power, um, and making sure that you either eliminate or prevent the enemy aliens from taking down. Uh, the the targets that you have to defend. So it is a, a weird game of chess in that you've got three pieces that can move and can uh, impact the, the the board or the enemy pieces, but you are responsible for defending other pieces on the board that are stationary and that you have no ability to to, to interact with to play. Yeah, and I would add to that, the one thing that kind of makes it different than other tactics games that you would normally play is that every enemy's movement is completely telegraphed. You know exactly what the enemy is going to do on the next turn. There's no chance. There's no luck involved. It's 
this enemy is going to shoot this projectile at this building, and you know that is going to happen. So it's now your job to solve the puzzle of how do I stop all of these enemies from destroying all these things. Sometimes you might have to hurt your own mech in order to protect a building. You might have to let a pilot die if, you know, it's like, well, either I'm going to lose here or I let a pilot die. Um, You sometimes have to, you know, take damage in order to make sure that you don't take more damage on a different building or get a certain reward or a certain goal on that, 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 uh, that map. So the fact that everything is completely telegraphed is different. And I, I like that about this game is that there's no guesswork. It's completely, I know exactly what's going to happen. And so the fault is on me. If I'm not paying attention to the entire map, I'm the one mm-hmm. at fault. If I, yes. oh shoot, I didn't pay attention to that one bug that came up. And it, or me moving something shifted him into a position that then ruined something else, right? So you have to be smart and you sit there and you stare at the screen for a while in order to figure it out. Um, which I don't know if it's ruined other tactics games for me, but I definitely like. <laughs> I like the idea that it's telegraphed and there's no chance involved or like, is my attack going to hit? Like, no, my attack will hit and I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Right. It's really cool that with the telegraphing, it really builds you into the mindset of having to think three or four turns ahead. Yes. There, there's an optimal way to play every round. Yeah. There's an optimal move with the pieces that you're given to not take damage or to take damage in a more optimal way. Um, so it's it's cool that by giving you that little bit of telegraphing, you're like, oh, okay, well, if that's what they're going to do this next turn, how do I prepare for the turn that's following? And how do I triage what's most important? Do I need to prevent more people from coming? Do I need to eliminate these guys? Is this one target that I can't allow them to hit? Do I need to go get this time pod first? Or can <laughs> I just like let the whole round go through without without that being a thing so yeah and to add to that you sometimes it feels like it's weird that this game it's got roguelike elements and that the maps are generated differently every single time you Mm -hmm. never face the same enemies in the same locations um what you might be experiencing your mechs might be different your weapons might be different um the pilots that you have assigned to different mechs that have different abilities might be different um but it's interesting that despite the fact that it is like procedurally generated and you would think that sometimes a game like that could maybe work against you it always feels like there is an optimal path to defeat like to to pass through a round it's almost like yep it's funny how the game does that i i don't know how it does that it's very interesting but the fact mm-hmm. that you can't really get stuck sometimes you can if you've lost your train like uh, a little bit ahead of time you're you've lost it but like if you're playing optimally every single turn, it's really interesting that this game doesn't really screw you over. Yeah, it's it's very much like a chess puzzle and that they give you a board and uh, and then they say, OK, you can get mate in three. Right. right. Or show us show us how you complete this within this amount of time. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's take no damage and other times it's clear all the enemies, whatever it is, it, they, they outline the different parameters you have to optimize within very cleanly. And I would even say that there's like those elements on the micro level that we're talking about, but also on the macro level, because on an island, so you have to go through multiple islands till you can get to the volcanic hive and take the aliens down. You, when you play through an island, you know, let's say it's divided into like seven levels within the island. You don't have the time 
to go through all seven levels. Right. You'll end up picking, you know, depending on the path, I think the number's usually five or six, you know, sub-levels that you'll play within a world. And with within that even, you have to make choices of, okay, do I need more power for my power grid where I'm going to play this type of level with this type of mission? Or am I going to play, you know, this this type of mission that has this reward because you get stars and you know stuff for your power grid the stars obviously can help you to get more items and power-ups and abilities whereas the power grid if you get your power grid damage to zero the game is over that's that's when you hit game over right. and then i never ever actually figured out how to efficiently use all of the like power or resources that either. i received at the end of each same like biome or zone Oh, like the, the weapons and the pilots and stuff like that yeah. that you can buy? <laughs> I never I never understood like cleanly what was the most bang for my buck yeah. or what was a good deal. Like usually in like, you know, trading card games or stuff like that, I'm able to look at it and be like, okay, I can reduce all value down to this and create mm-hmm. some base level and then build up from there and be able to, to, to value something. I just was not able to figure that out. <laughs> with uh with with this game so i was just making the moves that honestly i just tried a lot of different weapons i prioritized weapons so i could understand what i liked the most so the the next run i i had a cleaner idea over which weapon i wanted or needed or was going to use and that's thing there's so many weapons that you're never even going to see all the weapons in one run so like it's going to be completely random whether or not you get a ice beam or a teleportation thing or it's going to be always different or um the pilots that you might unlock um in time pods or uh, but you can always buy um little energy tanks to kind of power up your mechs or just buy grid power to like make yourself have a better chance of not getting damage when the enemies attack the grid right so there's always these things that you're kind of balancing out between everything um and it's usually at the end of the game it's like its own after you've beaten an island, it's its own little game in itself. Like, how do I spend all of my reputation to <laughs> like, what is the best optimal path for this? Uh, I want to bring in a question from the discord. It comes from Adam Gumbert. Uh, Adam asks, uh, what is your favorite team of mechs? I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, this question, I guess specifically is for you, Travis, because you're the most experienced is the first selection of mechs. The only one that's actually fun to use because that's how it felt to me. Lol. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, you have your original, like, the Rift Walkers. They're just, like, basic. They've got a few things, that you know, but each set of mechs have so many different things that they can do and different abilities based on, you know, what they're... This is how you are going to, you know, get this. Like, the um, there's one that's all flame, and I find that one is very difficult. I, I have a hard time with the ones, the flame behemoths, because they... Yep. Um, you have to there's not a lot of damage output you're chipping away damage by having everything be on fire and so you have to really just manage the enemies while they burn away um so it makes it challenging um but no i would say honestly my favorite is at the end uh, so you keep unlocking different mechs as you go um the end one is the hazardous mechs um and they are so they're they take damage when you in f- like when to do your move you take damage so they self in- they're self-harm oh. there so you but when you kill a vec um uh, yeah i don't know if we mentioned the vec is the name of the aliens yeah no we had not. <laughs> yeah um when you kill a vec you get uh you heal by one 
So mm-hmm. you have, and you have one mech that is an acid mech that shoots acid and acid will make any enemies take uh, double the damage. So you have mm. to strategically place Sequence. that mech to make sure that you shoot something, then and use the other two mechs to uh, take the damage. And your your mechs are dying, like your pilots are dying and coming back to life constantly um, with that one. And you're putting them in harm's way in hopes that they can then kill something to heal. Um, and so you're it's more of like a game of playing with their health bars and trying to make sure huh. that you've got it you've got it going. Um, one of my best runs was so you have this concept in mind of like taking the the mechs and you know inflicting damage in order to heal right um on one of my first islands uh i got an item there was an item that i could buy that was a self-destruct button and that self-destruct button (laughs) essentially blows up your mech and it would like it's a kind of, it's kind of like in any other case you would use this in a last case scenario like oh god I have yep. no other option I'm just gonna send this mech into the fire and just blow them up and kill yeah. all the mech in that area because there might be a chance that like I save my power grid if right, I if I like, kill myself to do these guys these, that's the thing right but by attaching the self destruct to one of these mechs so I attach it to the acid mech that it's just this little tiny nano mech that just kind of floats around and shoots acid it does nothing else. I attach the self-destruct to that and it self-destructs and then it kills everything and then it heals itself. So it just becomes this insanely overpowered thing where I just send this bomb into like a crowd of aliens. It blows up, but because it blows up, it heals itself because it kills all the Vec around it. So it's oh. right. So it's dirty. It's yeah. really, really dirty, but like I, <laughs> I like it a lot. But you love um, it. Yeah. Dirty and boy, Travis. it's my, it's my top rated, <laughs> like most saved, like, um, it's my highest rated uh, run that I've done out of it just by being luck that those items that I picked up. So yeah, the hazardous masks are fun, but there's also a super, like there's a secret squad that, oh, yeah, a no secret way. squad that costs yeah. 25 coins, there's a secret squad you have in order to get the secret squad, you have to do all of the other achievements. Um, wow. But spoilers for the secret squad. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. What, if okay. Yeah. Spo- we're spoiling it. What, um, what are they? F- 15 how, seconds. How do they work? You, uh, you actually get m- weaponized Vec. You get to play as like the beetle, cool. the, uh, the Hornet and I think the Scarab or something like That's that. And you cool. use those and they're pretty much just weaponized mech, uh, Vec. I want that the you floating then, jellyfish. Yeah. And you don't have pilots <laughs> attached to them. So if they die, they just lose 25 experience. Um, but they come back every round. Um, so you don't have to worry about, and yeah, they, they, they're, they're interesting. And so they're fun. And, uh, it's just like a nice little super secret squad to, to play with. Um, if you complete all of the achievements, I, I enjoyed playing with the Zenith guard at yeah. first. I thought they were Same. difficult to, to, to play. Um, but they felt like playing the rook in, in chess. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of straight lines and, mm-hmm. As soon as I, like, honestly, with every single squad that I unlocked, which, mind you, was not much. I think it was, like, three of them. Um, at first, it was it was nearly impossible. And I was like, cool, I'm not playing this anymore. And <laughs> I'd go and I'd sleep. And I'd come back and I'd start playing. And I'd finish a run in one go. Yeah. Like, it, I, I'd internalize all of the mechanics and essentially be solving into the breach puzzles in my sleep. And then when I'd wake up, I'd load it back up and I would be ready to, you know, ready to take on the VEC, really ready to take down these aliens. Um, 
And so, yeah, the the Zenith Guard, they've got a uh, a mech that shoots like a straight beam across a whole a whole plane and demolishes anything within it. It's got mm-hmm. a little one that is like a charge machine that that yep. bumps things around, and it's got another that mm-hmm. just shoots um, shields. So you can shield up either the cities or the power plants or whatever it is that's a target that you need to defend, or your own mech that's about to be hit. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I also felt like the Zenith Guard was the first time that I really had to seriously consider sequencing of right. what mech I was going to move yep. in what order. So that way I didn't put the charge guy in the line of fire. Um, and at the same time um, that I could use the charge guy to knock them in line with three other Vec and knock them all out with one big beam. I would also say that my my favorites were the Rift Walkers. Sorry, were the were the Zenith Guard as well. And like you said, it's it's that really fun. And then even one of your mechs is flying, mm-hmm. which then has like implication as implications as to where you can put them. Uh, you know, there are example there are mountains and there are water where like if one of your units is in the water, can he attack? Whereas this defense mech, like he's floating the whole time, so you can use him in different ways. So. Um, I only beat the game once, and I beat it with the Rift Walkers, which are like the basic unit, and that's kind of how I learned to play the game. And I think I, then I played a couple other runs with uh, the Zenith Guard, and I I got pretty close to a two island two island victory with the Zenith Guard, but I I have only beaten the game with the Rift Walkers. And Travis, you're gonna laugh at me. I don't know if you know your your top score at all, um, but my top score was only. Um, ninety three fifty four. That's like the amount of Which people is saved. Su- is that the that's yeah. yeah yeah. Um, so I've done, it's I've only played me. on normal, like and well, like my top score, and I've I've mostly like four island normals. Um, yep, nineteen thousand four hundred sixty six. Yep. So that was my wow. um, that was the one with the hazardous mechs, and it blew up and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most that I've saved is the first run that I did, which was eighty five ninety four. Yeah. And that took me almost two hours. Yeah, and like wow, um, <clears throat> you were saying Jacob about how like the Rift Rockers like they have the base like they give you the basics of how to play the game, and then like yep. and Mike said you know like the Zenith kind of teaches you about positioning, right? It's like every single new squad that you unlock gives you just a little bit more difficulty in how you have to think about what you're uh, doing. Um, so like. Another squad that I really like, I think Blitzkrieg. I think that's yeah. I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah, the guy with yep. the so electric whips. That's the thing. You have to think about positioning with that one because those electric whips cause chain reactions and they link through um, your own enemies, the enemies and your own mechs. So you have to be careful about where you're positioning things. And cool, it has a bold. There's a boulder mech that shoots boulders. It literally just like launches the boulder so you can let's say you have some enemies in one section and then some enemies in another if you can position a boulder between them and then electric whip it you can connect that stream of electricity oh, through the boulder so you're I've being strategic about oh, the placement of the boulder that's so smart with the enemies and stuff right so you're you're constantly thinking like where can i move this where can i put this um cool. that's the thing there's so I, many things that if you just yeah. keep playing with the game you see all these different things that you can play with that give you replayability right I've primarily used the boulder guy to block incoming Vec. 
Right. It's useful uh, for that, right? Yeah. Like I would put him on or would, you know, that mech on a, on a hole where Vex about to pop up and I'd throw a boulder nice. on <laughs> one of the holes. And a lot of my, a lot of what I prioritized was like Vec management. Right. Like how, how can I prevent more Vec from being here more than I focused on like eliminating the ones that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that that ended up in, in a lot of instances where I was able to clean up all the other Vec on the second turn and then have a couple turns with just no Vec in sight. Yeah. You know, it's basically nice when, like, I've cleaned up a five turn round in like in by round two or three. Yeah. When you're done and you have like two rounds at the end of the match and you're just like next, next. And you're not doing anything because <laughs> everyone's just standing there and healing over. Are you holes sure that are coming you up don't want to use your turn? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's go. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did either of you try the rustling hulks? Because yeah. I, I tried that squad and they just were not for me at all. They're difficult because you have one that makes, uh, smoke storms. So you have yep. one. So every time there's smoke, it's a, it becomes a, like a thunderstorm and, uh, mm-hmm. the electricity hurts the VEC, but you also get blocked vision when you're inside of smoke. So you have to position yourself strategically around those smoke but you can stop a lot of vec from attacking but you also don't want to end up getting let's say webbed by one of the vec that holds you in place while in a smoke storm because then you can't get yourself out you have to rely on a different mech to get you out because you can't see or do anything when you're in the smoke storm so those ones are tough i but i do like the plane on that one that kind of like jumps around and shoots two little uh uh cloud storms and and it's easy and depending on who you have as your pilot you can your pilot is is it's if you have a lot of pilots unlocked and you can there's i know i think her name is camilla or something like that and she Mm -hmm. has uh she's immune to webbing and to blindness so if you have her in that rusting hulks um set she can kind of move around and attack in the snow the uh the smoke storms without having to worry about that kind of stuff so if you strategically place your, your pilots it's it's uh it's useful I, I have to ask, did you customize your uh, main pilot at all? Like, did you change their name? Did you did you do anything? No, I didn't. No, no. Okay. I liked I I liked the pilots. I I did. Oh yeah. Because my main guy, I'm I'm blanking on what his original name was. Like, but he looked like Abraham Lincoln had gotten a time <laughs> machine and went back to pilot these mechs. Ralph Carlson. Ralph like Carlson. First, that's yeah, it. First yeah. And I renamed him Babraham Lincoln. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and which was short form for babe babe lincoln so uh he was he was a he was a mean time cop let me tell you he was mm-hmm. bouncing through time killing all the vec um he was he was pretty hardcore usually in a lot of these like tactics games i like to name uh all of the pilots or characters after my friends and then mm-hmm. get mad at my friends when they let me down and die. <laughs> um, it also just forms really like fun little stories that you can that you mm-hmm. can tell your friends. Like, hey, uh, I was playing this game and you really let me down because this <laughs> happened. And uh, thankfully, our other friend was there to bail you out. But but uh, anyways, yeah, stay true to form. Um, nice. It was it was great. I, I really enjoyed that little touch of customizability. I literally just want to play through XCOM 2 because I, I played maybe 10 or 12 hours of XCOM 2, got into a point where I was stuck and like could not advance the in the game. And I like to also name a lot of my characters, but just in the XCOM series. So, That's funny. Um, let us know in the Discord if you're a person who likes to change the name of your default tactics fighters uh, because we'd love to know. 
Uh, any other mech sets you want to talk about, Travis? Because you've you've touched them all. Mike and I have maybe only touched about half of them. Um, not really. Uh, I think my probably my least used one was the steel joke, whatever that is. That one. It, it, there's a lot of movement. It's positioning and movement and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but it is fun to do like random squad or like custom squad where you're like three of the same thing just for fun. Um, where you're like, I'll have three boulder mechs and just shoot boulders everywhere. Like, why not? Or like really give yourself a challenge and do like three ice mechs that just like freeze everything, but you also freeze yourself. So it's just, it's, it's difficult. It's just setting yourself up for different challenges. Right. But no, uh, the ones that I talked about already are the ones that I like the most, I think. Uh, the pilots uh, basically give you bonuses depending on which ones you have. Uh, I know that Babe Lincoln, for example, has <laughs> the ability to give extra XP, which yes, comes does. into play. But are there any other notable pilots, Travis? So, yeah, like your different pilots are different time travelers. They all have at least one specific skill or use that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You have your generic pilots that join you in every um timeline so yeah i guess we didn't really touch p- upon the whole concept the timeline, the timeline thing, no. thing it's a really smart way to kind of introduce those roguelike elements where you're just uh mm-hmm. using um time travel to kind of state why you're going back and playing this game again um essentially once you save a timeline from the vec you leave and you go back into the time stream and you pop up in another um, another world and you have to save that world as well from the VEC, right? Um, and so these pilots that are specific, they're special ones that you can unlock along the way. Uh, they have different abilities, different... Uh, there's little backstories. Like, so you can... If you pay attention oh. to their little talking, um, sometimes they'll say certain things um, when you equip them or when they make an attack or may, they might comment about, you know, something that's happening on the map. Um there's actually like, and Mike kind of talked about this is like making up your own stories for when uh, your characters are, you name them your characters. There's a yeah. lot of like lore built into this game that you wouldn't know otherwise. And so these pilots mm-hmm. all have stories and all have personalities and all have interesting things about them, but no one really knows these things unless you've gone and like looked for them outside of the game. Um, in terms of pilots specifically, um, the ones I really like, uh, Bethany Jones, she starts every round with a shield. So every nice. So you always have a shield. So especially useful for when you have a mech that hurts itself um, mm-hmm. to do an attack. Um, it uses the, the shield instead of using uh, the damage. Um, Ghana is a robot mech. Uh, it's a robot because there's there's also sentient AI in this world. Yep. This is just this game just ticks all of my interest boxes, whether it's sentient <laughs> AI or time travel or whatever. Um, yep. But yeah, so it uh, he can you can start him anywhere on the map. So normally you're restricted mm-hmm. to where you place your starting mechs at the beginning yep. before you start the round. He can go anywhere. Um, and then also there's um, Prospero, who is also a sentient AI. He, he just adds flying, but I don't really care about that. The thing I like the most about him is that he all, everything he says is in relation to like the garden and gardening puns. And he's pretty much oh, like, really? oh, there's a Vec infestation here. I got to clean this up. So apparently he was a gardening like mech designed to <laughs> like just, you know, do gardening. And when the Vec appeared, he was like, his programming was like, oh, I've got to like get rid of this infestation of these insects because they're ruining my garden. And that's literally the, the whole reason why he's fighting. 
<laughs> when he wins, he says, I shall tend to these island gardens yes. as before until the Vecker There's no just more. so many little puns. The, the writing is really good. And so uh, there's an interesting article uh, uh, that I f- found on, I think it was a uh, rock, paper, shotgun. And it uh, is with the writer of the story of this game, Chris Avalon. Um, mm-hmm. He he goes into detail about all of the backstory that he was intro- introducing for all of these characters, right? So the story, there's not much of a story here. You're pretty much here to save the world and that's it. But all of these characters have more depth. And if you actually read all of these little pop-up blurbs of their conversations, uh, it it hints to more than what you would actually assume, which is interesting. It's like just a hint to story and just a hint to lore that I'm super into. So I've definitely read all of the stuff online that I can find. <laughs> you really have spent uh, 150 I hours really in this game. I really have. Uh, that article is from Rock, Paper, Shotgun. It's called Chris Avalone Sheds Light Onto Into the Breach's Time Travel Mysteries by Alec Mir. We'll put it in the description if you want to read it. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, and Chris Avalone's written like some some big yeah. games like he wrote um neverwinter nights uh he wrote fallout vegas, vegas. Yeah. uh prey uh he's doing the new system shock he wrote fallen order so like got credit there's a lot of stuff that he seems to have written for this game that really isn't in the game it's just it's just there <laughs> to kind of build character and i think that's why i like the world that it's set in it's just it feels lived in it feels like the characters th- are fleshed out even though I we don't think see he was it. also involved in the other wilds Oh, cool. I think. Interesting. Anyways, he's definitely uh, he definitely loves those like kind of neo apocalyptic there's no good choice or you're, you have to make an impossible choice. Yeah. <laughs> there's no like good uh, path he, for him. He was also a writer on FTL. I don't know if you remember right. like there was there was some flavor text yes. in, in the menus and stuff of that game too. So yep. two more things I want to talk about here. I just want to know if you have any like super memorable runs that you made because I know that for me, my, my big run for the Volcanic Hive was incredibly memorable because uh, final level, you essentially have to really defend yourself from like a lot of Vec that are coming at you. And I just know that I essentially let all but one of my mechs die <laughs> And that one mech was just kind of making his way around the level um, with, you know, a few turns to go just trying to save himself. Because the Volcanic Hive, the final level, is a multi-level stage that was actually really surprising to go through the first time. Um, that That's the thing I remember is, like, how high pressure that Volcanic Hive multi-level uh, map was. Uh, Travis, I don't know if you have any other, like, super memorable that's the thing. moments. And, like, I think that's the thing. This game does really a good job of making you feel like there's high pressure, especially with that volcanic level. It's uh, there's so much you don't expect that you're going to suddenly drop below the surface and you're inside of the Vex hive. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do love about the, the second phase of that final level is typically you fall to the ground and in mm-hmm. that final level, you have to protect a Renfield bomb, which is yep. a bomb that is set to go off in five turns and it'll destroy all the Vec in, on mm-hmm. this planet and you save and that's how you win the game. Um, and normally there's Vec already stationed in the level below when you start. Um, and you can probably find a video of this online if you haven't seen it in the game. But sometimes where your um, mechs land will be right next to a Vec enemy. And you'll just sit there and the Vec enemy is just sitting there. And then, you know, the characters kind of do their talking and they're like, we can't beat this thing alone. And then 
Jessica Kern, the uh, corporate leader of the one island. Uh, she's like, we're sending you a Renfield bomb. And the bomb drops and it lands right on a Vec. And it just like, it literally kills a Vec for you. Like immediately, <laughs> it's actually really funny and it's shocking the first time you see it. Um, it, it it's actually quite hilarious. And then, uh, yeah, but it's just, I think the pressure that builds up, because the one thing we really didn't touch upon is the music. I love yeah. the music in this game. And I think it does a good job of being like perfect for puzzle games in that like it's just subtle enough that you're like it's just easy listening but it Mm -hmm. does have this like ramp like it ramps up a little bit and it's I don't know what it is about the music but it gets stuck in my head and it's just used really effectively it only starts once you start a mission it's kind of quiet when you're outside of a mission it's just used really interestingly um and i like the way that especially in that final mission how it kind of ramps up and you feel the the pressure of making the right move at the final moment right you know what it did for me it did the same thing and you're gonna laugh that you remember the old who wants to be a millionaire game show on <laughs> yes. regis, regis Philbin? yeah yeah it did the literal same thing for me yes there. it just like it calms you and it gets you in the zone but at the same time like it doesn't occupy more space than it right. needs to it's not it's not excessive. It's you know, it's subtle enough, but it's mm-hmm. really effective at building that atmosphere for you, right? Um mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I that's the thing. The one I don't have any more runs that I can think of that I I love I loved that run that I had where the bomb my, I had my little, you know, yep. bomb that kept going off. Um I'm trying to think of any other specific ones that I've enjoyed. How many times have you beaten the game? I I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Honestly, I beat the game more often than I don't. I okay. I don't wow. like That's in amazing. all of the time that I play it, I very rarely lose a lose a timeline. So like I've beaten like well, if you think about it, I've beaten the achievement. I've gotten all the achievements and to do that too you need to beat a a two run, a two island run, a three island run and a four island run with every single yep. mech combination and squad oh. so i've done that at least um and that's the thing it also ramps up in difficulty the more islands that you do the more difficult bosses the more health they have because you also have more equipment and more um uh you know power grid and uh all that kind of stuff but i wish i knew exactly how much i've 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 beaten how many wins i've had i probably could grab my switch and tell you if you give me a second <laughs> I mean, I can also go and look at your... Oh, you can? Like your list for Into the Breach, yeah. So you've played on Switch more than 75 yes. hours. Yeah. So, damn. And my Steam account is somewhere around 50, I believe. I think, wow. yeah. That's the thing. So I've, I win often, but I probably could give myself a challenge by playing on hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to beat the game at least once on hard in order to get all the achievements, and I've only done it once. Uh, because it definitely ramps up the difficulty and I probably could do that at this point, but I think I've maximized my, uh, amounts of, uh, with normal and I don't usually lose anymore, which is kind of nice. Like sometimes I just kind of plow through and uh, like a whole four thing Island in like a half an hour and I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then <laughs> like it just moves really fast. <laughs> Uh, another question from Adam Gumbert here. And again, I feel like these questions are specifically for you. Oh, God. Uh, but, but yes, Mike as well, uh, best crossover you can imagine with into the breach. 
Um, he lists Power Rangers and Pacific Rim as oh. two examples of crossovers. Uh, Travis, I know you're a big fan of the Power oh my Rangers God. and the comic books. I never so. even thought of that. If you were to give me like a Power Rangers like skin layover thing on this game, I would lose my... Oh, my God. Pacific I, Rim would be good. Did you know there is sure. one? But I honestly, after playing Hades, I would be down for like Greek gods, you know? Mm. Oh, give me some Greek or Egyptian or Roman gods. I'm I'm down. Yeah, I could see that because then like you just change up your mechs to just be like giant gods that are walking around, right? Zeus Zeus is the chain lightning guy. You I know like what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They each have their own little en- environmental effect as well. Oh my and god! You can you can group them up by like familial relation as well. <laughs> Travis, did you know that there's a there's like a Power Rangers esque tactical RPG? No, it's called Chroma Squad. Okay, it it came out like six or seven years ago, and it is very much like stunt actors who quit their TV job uh, or quit their jobs to do a Power Rangers TV show. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm gonna have and to it's look a into this. RPG. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I just really want Advance Wars 1 plus 2 to come out because yeah. it's it's in like date purgatory because one of the characters or one of the, the enemies is essentially the USSR. <laughs> uh, so given the current world conflict, they don't want to put that game out. But that's that's just what I want. I don't want another game. I just want Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp. I was just going to say, could you do a Neon Genesis Evangelion version of this where you could you fight as what are they the angels instead i thought you were gonna say where shinji is depressed (laughs) (laughs) literally shinji just gives you like negative points on all of your things every single time (laughs) yes there's a cry out for misato button in the game misato Uh, yes you could do that too because if we're talking about giant mech you know things fighting aliens i think you could probably make that happen with this game too (laughs) uh okay well there you go we want uh out of the three things that were named we want the neon genesis evangelion uh into the breach path (laughs) what is this what does subset do next i mean they made two perfect games so i have no idea i was i would have never i don't think i would have expected this as their next thing after ftl I don't think I could accurately expect what their next thing will be. Only to say that it will likely be a roguelike. You know? That's that's about Fair. all I can bank on. They'll find a new way mm-hmm. to innovate in the roguelike genre, I'm sure. And I mean, it's it was six years between FTL and uh, Into the Breach. So we're at about four years now. So maybe, maybe next year we'll get first mention of what the team's working on mm-hmm. next. Uh, any other things y'all want to talk about with respect to Into the Breach? No, I legit, I've talked a lot and I, (laughs) but also I just love this game so much. It's, I've, it, it becomes an obsession when I pick it up and I keep playing it over and over and over again. It's something that I just, I've just put so much time into and I just, it's perfect. It's legitimately perfect. (laughs) I cannot... (laughs) I don't know if I can put into words just how perfect it is. It is everything that I want in a tactics game. It takes out all of the guesswork. Literally the only chance thing that happens in this game is the chance that you may survive damage against a building. I'm yep. I'm so glad we had you 
come be on this episode, Travis. Honestly, uh, because you you can speak to the real depths of this game. I just love and all it so much. all the infinite replayability that it has within. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Mike and I are like good game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and you're like, this game. is the best game. This best game is game perfect. Ever. Please, this is buy the platonic ideal of a game. Yeah, it's perfect. If you want my fast pitch, it is Travis's perfect game. Done. Fast pitch. Done. 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 You can't top that. No. On that note, I think we should probably wrap. Yep. Uh, If you want to make Travis smile, buy a copy of Into the Beach, Into the Breach for someone. (laughs) Uh, You can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, on Twitter at leftbehindclub, on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub, and in our Discord. uh, There's a lot of fun people in there who love talking about video games, so uh, check that out, leftbehindgame.club slash discord. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for coming back on the show to talk about your perfect game. I guess you don't have to come on the show anymore because you've talked I about the perfect game it. now. Thank this you. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I hope, you know, good success for the pod in the future. I'll... <laughs> good, luck. good luck. Happy days. Have a nice life. Thank you. I'll, t- I'll talk to you. Nice you. Where can people find you and the other things you do? Um, I am on Twitter at Travis Colnett. Um, I am... <laughs> busy being a new father so i haven't i'm not really on twitter much and uh you know we i also do cutscenes, uh video game movie podcast with uh jacob uh and katie lesperance uh, another host of this show um it's it's a great time i mean fingers crossed things settle for me so that i can watch more movies and talk about how bad more video game related movies and talk about how good slash bad they are um but yeah uh that's pretty much it most of them are fine. Most, some of them are fine. That's that's the <laughs> promo that scarred into my memory. I've listened to that every time you listen. Every time I listen, some of them are fine. Some of them are fine. <laughs> uh, Travis, you'll be back with another tactics game later this year. I actually will. So this is not my last one. <laughs> Uh, Mike, where can you be found on the internet? You can find me at RuffaloM on most social places online or MichaelRuffalo.com and .ca. Jacob, where can the fine folks find you at? You've got to get that branding, Hashtag branding, Uh, baby. You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T on all major social media platforms. Uh, Twitter is where I do my ranting. And TikTok is where I've been making daily videos for five months now uh, by the time you listen to this. Uh, so if you like video games and people who talk about them with the faces, uh, throw me a follow. Thank you. Uh, and Mike, what do we say to him? And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lesbrance. And I'm Travis Colnut. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game, movies, and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you soon. Scenes, a video game movie podcast.